Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Juvenilia, a podcast where we usually talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. But tonight, we are going to be talking about something completely different as we move into spooky season. The equinox is just behind us. Alan and I are going to be getting into some cozy autumnal texts that bring us back to cozier times and we'll build, I guess, a hopefully cozy time around us as we yeah. go into this autumn, right? Crucially, not spooky ones. Spooky no! Ones come later. No. These are the autumnal ones. Yes, there's a it's big a very, difference. It's a very short period of time where you're doing autumnal but not spooky. <laughs> and then, I guess you... Then you're straight into winter. So this is like... It's a window. Late September, early October things. I arguably would say it's equinox or Maban to October 1st. Because the second we're okay. into October, we are flat out spooky season all the way through. Okay. You know, so we have this yeah, tiny no. window of time and then we can get spooky. Yeah, we got to go crunch some leaves mm-hmm. and to get us in the mood for that, mm-hmm. we have some things. Um, do you want to go first? Yeah, so because on our Patreon, Alan and I do a uh, side cast called Started Finished, where we talk a lot about video games. So it's really important to us to recommend video games at all turns, even while we would, you know, we talk a lot about movies, we talk a lot about TV on this podcast. But I think uh, recommending video games for a time like this is nothing more comforting than curling up at the end of the day, in the beginning of the, at the very beginning of um, the short nights. Or the short days, long nights. My video game that I would recommend you to curl up to and dig into as the world begins to turn a shade darker is um, Night in the Woods, which I talk about, I feel like, comparatively often off mic, maybe on mm-hmm. mic. We've had the uh, developer of Night in the Woods on the podcast, Scott Benson, on our uh, Indiana Jones episode in the yep. distant the distant past of Very Juvenalia. Very long time ago. Very yeah. long time ago. Um, but Night in the Woods is a game that came out in the year of our Lord, 2000 and... Whoa. 17? Before that, surely. It's we did a around. lot of vibes-based research for this episode, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not here to give you facts this night, guys. I'm, <laughs> I'm here to give you vibes. Uh, Night in the Woods came out long enough ago for it to be, I guess, a sort of a titan of indie games and a reference point for a lot of other video games. Hey, was I right? It was 2017, Alan. It was. There you go. Like, I do, I do, I can retain some yeah. facts. Um, mm-hmm. And it is ostensibly a platformer where you play a college dropout called May, who just so happens to be a cat, um, who is back home after uh, mysteriously piecing out of her degree um, in her hometown, Possum Springs, and she's burning a couple of autumnal weeks with her childhood friends. Um, there is some mysterious mysterious behavior afoot in the town, but mostly it's it's a game about hanging out with people you like and people you have challenging relationships with in the autumn. Um, the color scheme is really beautiful, really unforgettable, lovely, like violet hues, deep skies. Um, the music is really chill, really. Um, I feel like continuing to point to it as autumnal is is kind of easy. But there is an indescribable, an indescribable kind of smokiness or richness to this time of year. And I think Night in the Woods really encapsulates a lot of that tone and that vibe. 
I'm going to keep saying I've, vibe. <laughs> no, definitely. Like, I've specifically like returned to it and replayed it in early October a couple mm, of times mm. since as a little ritual for myself. Because it's what we might find ourselves doing is actually just recommending things with a brown, orange, red color scheme. Yeah, a, a burnt but that's color fine. scheme. A burnt, yeah. yeah, yeah. A leafy color scheme. Yeah. A leafy color scheme, but yeah. It's, it's an amazing game. Like, it, in terms of actual, like, challenge, there's none. Except for the Guitar Hero side game, which is impossible. Oh, it's absolutely nightmarish. It's it's a lot of fun yeah. because it's so impossible. Um, yeah. May is a truly terrible bass player? Yes, and, and this game yeah. wants to remind you that she is a terrible bass player and doesn't want mm-hmm. you to be a good bass player. There is no reward for being a good bass player. Um, yeah. So you, it's, it's okay to own just, it. It is just, you hang out. You wake up and you talk to your mother in the morning mm. if you want or you can leave and then you go into town and you meet one of your friends and you go hang out with them for the day and if you hang out with one friend you don't hang out with the other two yeah so it and those are those those opportunities are lost forever in the game mm-hmm. they don't they don't like stack and wait for you that that day is gone once you've done it i've I don't know what happens on the first day with any of the other people because I always go to the mall with B. Oh, you always go to the mall with B. Always. I, I've never done the you... B story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, you go I always with B do. And you, you shoplift from a hot topic oh. and then you you turn on the fountain and fuck with the fountain. And Amazing. it's great. Yeah. Amazing. I feel like I've done one or one of, of B's nights, but not enough to get the big story. Um, mm-hmm. I hang around with Greg, who's a chaos merchant who you throw uh, light bulbs with and you, you play knife games with a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But there are scenes of this whole friend group together as well, which are beautiful and hard and about the trickier end of growing up and adulthood. And I think there's a lot of games that want to be able to talk about interpersonal relationships and small towns and heavier topics with the grace and levity that Night in the Woods does. But Night in the Woods is never like heavy-handed it's really elegantly written i feel like i read somewhere that there's like eight hundred eighty thousand words of written dialogue in it but you don't feel them mm. you know it doesn't feel no. wordy it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like you're being ex- at no point is anyone doing exposition on you because a lot of it is platforming around the town lepping around on mm-hmm. why on like high wires um electricity wires or climbing mm-hmm. up buildings so you can find little nests of baby rats to feed like it's a it's a lot of jumping around a town so it really crosses over a nice kind of mario-ish lepping around structure yeah but with... but also like your mother's like can you please stop like walking <laughs> on the roofs and your aunt Everybody, is a cop everybody's and is talking like, about it <laughs> please yeah. stop walking people's cars <laughs> like, please don't yeah do this. it has a big a cab message as well like, yeah she, she hates her her aunt walk up um, she does she does yeah hates cops um there's a lot of very interesting stuff about the church in it it just never feels heavy-handed and i i often play games that i can see aspire to that level of nuance but don't make it and because mm-hmm. Night in the Woods came out five years ago, and the last five years has been huge for independent games. Obviously, like we've had, we've seen so many amazing, amazing titles. I still feel like it stands as a giant, and part of its mm-hmm. power is that it feels like the moment where the world is just beginning to turn crisp. You know, it just has mm-hmm. a very warming end of the year uh, spirit. It is spooky, but it's not like capital S spooky it's not like full October spooky it's mm-hmm. definitely mid-September end of September spooky yeah um, I feel like it rewired how indie game 
developers write dialogue. Mm. I feel like there's definitely a pre and post dialogue of Night in the Woods that mm. they captured so well. Scott Benson and Bethany, his wife. Mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, they yeah they captured like just how people talk. Yes. It really just feels like you're reading like IMs from people you follow on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but in a cool casual way, and I feel like games like. Uh, like a short hike and a mortician's tale and wander song and wander song all follow on from that in terms of like tone that's really interesting that it did really redefine a lexicon in terms of how people communicate and that it you're right it's instant messaging it's the tone that people Mm -hmm. speak in when they're casually speaking to each other we can see that replicated in the dialogue which makes it completely effortless to read even when some wild shit is happening in the story and even when you Mm -hmm. get lost in mad tangents and end up at a poetry reading and you know all these mad things happen or or you're in hard conversations with various characters it never feels labored it never feels false it, it feels very organic it does feel like just chatting mm. with somebody um in the dms it's you don't have a, a lot of choice in terms of how the actual story goes Mm-mm. so you do end up like alienating your friends quite badly yeah you do um and you can't you can't duck out of it you have to kind of face that head on and may have to face it head on um, and I think I'm almost glad the game doesn't let you chicken out of that and yeah. kind of try to please everybody and let's maybe difficult and oh she's annoying. hard work nightmare yeah. eyes yeah she's not an easy protagonist but she's a lot of, I think I'm very affectionate to her because I feel like anybody who, yeah. who was a dirtbag in their early 20s will find a little bit of themselves in May um, and I think because she's funny this is the really crucial thing mm-hmm. that saves a game that handles uh, the trickery and the tricker and trickery trickier end of coming of age I can't, why can i talk tonight what's going on um any game that handles the trickier end of coming of age will really be risking modeling bullshit and because this game is fucking funny mm-hmm. it never tips into here we go territory you know it's really yeah. really gracefully put together um and it handles the depth and weight of the subject matter with just loads of not loads of gags but enough gags and enough brightness in the dialogue that you don't feel like you're being bummed out yeah and her parents are really just such lovely characters oh and they don't have to be they, they could be like oppressive or yeah an yeah in some way but they're not they're just lovely people who are in this town that's dying and mm. doing their best and their now their daughter has come home from college suddenly and they're trying to do their best with that even though college is very expensive in america mm-hmm. which is there's a lot of um, very american aspects of it that didn't quite hit home for me the first time because i hadn't because that's not our experience it's a different really world a like the church and stuff the yeah, church yeah. is kind of like a big mega yeah. church no, it's not quite a mega church but it's a big local church and mm-hmm. like town committees and and the politics of that like there's loads of stuff that is alien but it all comes back to a very humane um humane route I think like it's just a mm. really important piece of work um, and this is the perfect time of year for it what is yeah. your first uh, piece Al? Uh, I'm going to bring an album um, so I did Andrea Cleary's podcast my favourite album earlier on in the year yeah the okay Computer, and I had a great time but I my very close second for it um, was The Arab Bewilderweast by Bally Drum Boy which is has been like one of my top five albums of all time for 22 years now because wow. uh, it, it came out in 2000 um, again it does have a brown cover which probably is why it jumps straight to my mind for this but it's one of those albums 
um, which is the thing that I love, is where it wanders, where there's like little secrets and alleyways tucked in at the ends of songs, where like a song will, there's a song called Camping Next to Water, which is like song three or four, and the song starts and it's a lovely acoustic song, and then, no, sorry, Fall in a River is the song, um, and then he literally falls in a river, and then there's just water sounds, and then another song bubbles up through the water sounds, a completely unrelated song, and then that's gone, and then it's a little, a little secret at the end of the song. Amazing. And the whole album has just, just this lovely, it's such a warm album um, in terms of the, like the, the cymbals splash really nice and all the guitars sound really bassy and low mid-rangey and kind of envelopy. Mm. And just the way the guitars move is just very natural. There's nothing angular or difficult about it. Everything just hugs you in. Um, I find that so interesting like that you're like using like concerto. I find it yeah really interesting that you use like shapes to describe them do you do you get perception stuff with music like that yeah I definitely f- get um, have it's like thicknesses almost whoa and like wooliness and like material oh my god it's textural stuff. yeah 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 I get yeah you. yeah it definitely is um, so and then that I'm kind of like no more than I knew then I know that it's just like this pedal will give you this kind of thickness and this pedal, this pickup will do this. And so I know it's like, it's a humbucker with an overdrive pedal. That's what that sound is. Oh my God. So you know where it's coming from. Yeah. 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 As opposed to like the very, like all the like 2003, 2004 Franz Ferdinand block party people are all using these very trebly clangy guitars. Uh Um, And this is like antithesis of that. Like the drumming is very jazzy. It's not like regular. And there's like there's one song called Pissing in the Wind which great name I want C-Mat to cover because it's it's a C-Mat song essentially right oh my god but the song before it dissolves into just this like collage of noise and um, speech and stuff before it bubbles up again and there's a secret verse at the start of Pissing in the Wind that's on the end of the other song and a little secret intro and it just does that and like the last song is just him and his wife singing to each other and just on this crackly old guitar and just the whole thing is just warm mm. you know and the whole thing is just it's just love like his whole thing then was like he was this love lorn romantic guy he kind of got a bit more difficult after that but I remember the first time I like heard of him was in Select Magazine where they reviewed like his third ever gig where he would like he would stop mid-song to hand out roses to the women in the crowd. Ah, Jesus, yeah. And stuff. Oh, wow. He's just, it's really, like, he always wore this one hat. He just, he was a really charming, kind of normal-looking guy mm. um, playing these gorgeous songs. Um, and that whole, he founded, co-founded a record label called Twisted Nerve. Um, and that whole record label has, back then, all the stuff from around then is all autumn warm, almost instrumental but not quite kind of acoustic guitar vibe oriented music it's just so like if you just like search twisted nerve like 2003 or 2000 anything that comes up will be god 2003 is stone cold nearly 20 years ago sir hate that for us i know there's one called alfie who are very very similar they're really good um yeah i just i feel like he won the mercury prize in 2000 and then he did the soundtrack for better boy and then and that'll change set, everything because that was huge. Yeah. But then his next album from that, he kind of, I feel like 
the things he enjoyed about his music was not the same as the things I enjoyed about his music and he got more and more into that aspect of it right a lot of people started seeing themselves as new Bruce Springsteen around that time which is such a different vibe right yeah yeah totally different vibe I really liked the ramshackle leave the mistakes in guy which he became rapidly not that um that album I think it's been unfairly forgotten it doesn't get mentioned a lot anymore but it will always be one of my favorite albums I love it so much and I'm gonna listen to it a lot for the next month or so because I have a whole different set of November I was gonna say to. because you're a very yeah. strong seasonal music mm. man oh yeah yeah November's for Mount Erie uh December's for Su- Sufian I was gonna um, say so it's nearly Sufian time yeah. <laughs> we're almost there <laughs> yeah no once so after first November you get one Sufian Christmas song just as a teaser for yourself just as a tiny slice and then 1st of December then (laughs) Sophie and Christmas comes back out but yeah October is for Badly Done Boy and it's for Alfie and it's for um, Hayley Hendrix and just hug stuff Mm. hug hug music you know yeah good cosy warmer of the heart business Um, Mm -hmm. I was going to do Over the Garden Wall which okay. uh, I suppose you could watch in October. That would be fine. But I think it has a <laughs> September year. It is a Halloween thing, I guess. But I like to take it in as soon as the leaves start turning orange. I feel like it's the kind of thing that you can watch all autumn long, but absolutely not into December. You really mm-hmm. only have... I would even say not really into November. I would say you have the cold end of September and October and then we're out then we're into Christmas if you want to watch seasonal specials you don't go near over the garden wall it's done it's got a very tight expiration window um mm. but arguably it's in a it's a perfect piece of storytelling all year long what it is it's 10 part uh animation um 10 11 minute episodes so that's how I tend to sell this sort of stuff to people where I'm like look if you don't know it you'll lit- if you don't like it you'll literally know in 10 minutes mm-hmm well, you want to watch 10 TikToks? Easy, you know. Um, it's about a boy. It's two little boys, uh, Wirt and Greg. And they are lost in the woods. And they get sort of swept along on this accidental adventure uh, through the woods to try and get home. Um, they meet a talking bird called Beatrice. And she promises that she'll bring them somewhere who, that will help them doesn't really help that much everyone they meet has an ulterior motive and they move through different parts of the forest and meet different creatures and um folks of the woods uh until they and we the audience learn how they got there and how they can get back it's a really beautiful it's, it's very old old style americana is the sort of animation style i would say it's mm-hmm. a lot of um very rustic there's a lot of pumpkins a lot of frogs the visual style is very reminiscent of the sort of i don't think we had halloween decorations as a kid in around our way um i did a week it wasn't a thing anything beyond that we made in school yeah. really do you know pipe mm-hmm. cleaner spiders at a push but i would have occasionally gotten like stickers of like a black cat in a pumpkin you know there's a very distinct americana autumn visual aesthetic which is pulled upon mm-hmm. here which feels almost nostalgic to us but not quite and so it's surprising enough to feel not to feel like you've seen it all before but mm-hmm. is tangentially nostalgic the storytelling is also perfect nothing happens on the screen that doesn't have resonance that doesn't count it all it's a really delicately 
cleverly put together story it's like a Rube Goldberg machine like you sort of start at the beginning with the marble and it hits everything every beat on the way down until the end which is and it does such a good job of maintaining mystery and concealing the story that you genuinely have no idea where you're going to go at the end or are going to go moment to moment it's really it also feels very personal as a piece of work it doesn't feel like something you're going to see on coffee mugs or um mm. As Funko Pops or anything like that. It's got a very... It's like it's 10 episodes and out, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. There's a yeah. few... They did a small series of graphic novels about it, of it, of the different stories of it. Um, mm. The Book of the Unknown, that's called. Um, but it's very small and contained and also therefore perfect. The voice performances that are great, Elijah Wood plays uh, Wirt, the kind of older boy. Um, Tim Curry shows up in it at a certain point. Uh, there's a... Uh, Christopher Lloyd look at me remembering actors names <laughs> you know um, yes yeah, so there are people whose voices would make you feel like oh hold on I know who that mm. person is and the music is written by uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you a big lie I think it might be the Lumineers no telling lies um, over the guard the music is great is one thing that's really mm-hmm. really important there's lots of songs in it Um all of which are very catchy, very silly and feel like something that you might have heard like as a child. Um, Jonathan Cleese is in it, Jesus Christ. The Blasting Company, there you go. I don't know them. I thought, I don't know why I always think Lumineers. But yeah, there is this sort of like folky um, campfire song vibe to the music, mm. which is really, really special. Um, I look forward to watching it every year and I try to keep it for myself until this time of year so there are things i forget mm-hmm. about it and i've like and then i remember again like there's a lovely sequence on a riverboat there's a like a real old-timey steam-powered riverboat there's a um a sequence in a, an old tavern which has sort of uh, notes of a kind of a betty boop cartoon something that's very important is that occasionally the animation style will change completely because visiting mm. animators took on different scenes. So like Penn Ward who did Adventure Time does one particular scene. Like there's lovely little anomalies in it. There's freedom in it that mm. it doesn't all look perfectly, perfectly, perfectly homogenous all of the time. It feels like a, like I said, it feels like a very personal work and a work of expression rather than a 100% stone cold commodity. And it also feels like a really well-kept secret. It's sort of an, if you know, you know, kind of thing. Um, mm. but, but if you don't know, this is your window to watch it. Is it streaming anywhere? Do you know? I don't know. Because I watched Cartoon the first Network. episode once on Netflix and then it disappeared. Yeah, I'm not sure so, if it's still on Netflix. Yeah. I think it's on, it's a Cartoon Network job anyway, so I'm sure you can find it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not encouraging wink, wink. anybody. Yeah. But also, if you can buy it, you should buy it. I would love to own a hard copy of it, for example. I'm mm. going to try and start digging up hard copies of all my favourite weird animations because some of them have not got very long to live and it's important to have hard media in a time at which all the streaming companies are sucking up and destroying anything they don't deem profitable. Mm-hmm. So my recommendation would be buy a DVD and go fully old school with it and crack it out once a year, get the dust off it and let it bring in the autumn season. You should watch the rest of it, Al. You'll love it. Yeah, I definitely will. Yeah, I've been going back through some of my old CDs lately and I realised a lot of them aren't on streaming, mm-hmm. which is weird. Um, so yeah, buy, buy the stuff you like. Buy physical media, Always. you know? Yeah. What's your next one? My next thing is uh, a treat. It is... A tato blah with a cup of tea. Oh. When the blinds when the blinds are down and the fire is lighting. Oh. Cozy okay. out. So give me your structure. Um 
so well first we can say what a blah is because 50% of our listeners aren't from Ireland and 95% 99% of our listeners aren't from Waterford not from Waterford yeah yes so a blah for the uninitiated is it's a flurry bread roll but it's so much more than that Mm. it's it's uh, it has EU practice status so only ones that are made in Waterford are actually called blahs I didn't know that it's yeah it has like it's, it's one of those one of those ones yeah um it's very soft very flurry um its structure is kind pillowy. of tenuous yeah yeah it's, it's yeah it's barely there yeah uh but it's the best uh crisp medium the best cold meat medium the best butter medium um that has ever been invented in my opinion um and tato is like obviously it's one of those perfect like lamb and lamb and mint or you know pork and apple sauce blah real butter potato is like the perfect combination because um, of the crispiness of the chip of the potato chip mm-hmm. versus yeah. the almost almost just not even solid fluff of a blah like i, I remember yeah, having one in your house to... and being mm-hmm. like what the fuck is this this is like eating mm-hmm. a fucking bread cloud this is this is no exactly. rules no logic it defies all uh like culinary structure it's a miracle yeah and then you're getting so you're getting through the bright cloud and then you hit the butter the crisps and the crisps yeah yeah, the, yeah and the crisps and it just it's god's greatest treat yeah um, that's powerful but when you have one and you have a perfect cup of tea and the blinds you down and you have a book that you've been kind of that you're really getting into the end of you know mm-hmm. and the fire is lighting and it's dark out and it's, but it's not freezing it's not like winter cold it's just about as good as things get um like i said a blah is the best medium for any kind of cold meat uh, a corned beef blah is oh. the perfect lunch uh in terms of crisp meanies the meanies blah is a classic meanies blah yeah that sounds like a hangover also, cure to me oh for sure yeah also a chickatees blah Fuck. Excellent. Okay. Okay. Both of those yeah. things barely obey the laws of physics in terms of them holding themselves together, because yes. chickadees are like mostly air. So yeah. wow, wow. That's just that's just eating delicious air. Is what that is. Yeah. <laughs> it sure yeah, is. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. How do you take butter. your yeah. How do you take your tea, Al? A tiny bit of milk, no sugar. Yeah. I would have sugar like literally like once every 18 months and Caroline will be convinced I've been like replaced are you okay style. Yeah, she yeah. actually she generally the first time she saw me take sugar she got freaked out yeah. and like she was like and like didn't like it she was like I don't like this at all you need to are you, I do, she's like, are you a big tea drinker are you a hot drink sense? oh yeah are you yeah yeah no I drink like tr- probably three four cups a day yeah wow I'm tr- I always try yeah. to be but I feel like tea is very circumstantial for me you know I'm always drinking a liquid because I'm always thirsty but see, I, I've, I've ritualized it so uh yeah, yeah. it's how yeah. the day moves I've started mm-hmm. taking more milk in my tea. I used to be just a splash of milk, no sugar type of person myself, mm-hmm. but I've started to like own up to the fact that milky tea kind of rules. And yeah. I'm more likely to drink it because it's more temperature appropriate from mm-hmm. the get go. Um, I am an iced tea wanker till the day I die, unfortunately. Rain or shine, yeah. I'm going to put a bunch of ice in a cup or a, a glass. And let's be real, a large plastic cup because I'm a fucking child and I'm going to boil two tea bags for fucking three minutes and use, that's how I'm going to take my tea. Um, but I, in those vulnerable moments or rare weird moments where I'm like, I fucking love a cup of tea. I'm I'm, I'm kind of getting more into milky tea now and I don't, I don't know what's happening. I'm letting it change. See, 
getting your your first sup of tea at the correct temperature is as good as it gets. That's deep self knowledge. That that requires an understanding that, of time. When you yeah. get that that perf- perfect first sip, is like nothing better. Do you know no what, coffee can beat that? Do you have a house tea that you use? Oh, just like Barry's or Lines. I don't. I don't. Yeah, preference. I'm. And I'm not. Tips. It's all the same. I've started really. getting this Brit tea, this Yorkshire tea, which is for hard water. Um, mm. uh, shout out to David uh, Fitz um, from the Last One to See podcast for bringing me home an enormous box of Yorkshire tea from his last trip to England. Um, it's got something special about it. I don't know. I think it's okay. because it's for I hard also water. Live in hard water area. Yeah, That's interesting. it's really good. Mm. It's it's. A, I'll give you. I'll next time I see, you, I'll bring you a few bags of it. And I was like, I think I kind of like this more than any of the Irish blends. Mm. And I know everyone gets real parochial about different blends and stuff. Um, I would invite you to expand your worldview. Um, uh, if you can, you may be surprised by Yorkshire. Also, they don't actually British. grow it here. Did you know that? Yeah, did you know? Tea. It's not native. Yeah. It's Barry's isn't from Cork. Yeah. His, his historically colonial uh, <laughs> liquid that we're drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, a crisp sandwich, a crisp blast specifically, and because mm-hmm. like nobody fucking wants like a God help me, I would absolutely die for anything out of a cuisine de France. Cuisine de France, if you're listening, I will spawn con for you um only your jam donuts though because i'm about to say something critical of another of your products which is the baguette uh don chris and a baguette hurt my mouth too sharp too spiky too much of an aggressive yeah. culinary experience i don't want it in my mouth i do agree with the requirement of a soft exterior with a harder more fractal interior tempered with butter so 10 out of 10 yeah uh, what's your next thing I also have a food thing <laughs> while we're on weird awesome. food shit uh, I <laughs> yeah. made my first so it's soup season uh, mm-hmm. welcome to soup season we're out of we're out of our salads salad summer and into uh, soup season and what is soup if not uh, a wet uh, deconstructed salad won't be taking feedback on that statement um, <laughs> I made a stew this week uh, for the first time this year and I, I kind of to and fro on meat I go through phases but right now I'm, I'm on an on meat phase and I made maybe the most perfect stew I've ever made in my life because I finally grew up and learned how to make a roux um, okay. so when I was browning the meat um, at the beginning um, well after having cooked so my two secret stew ingredients well I'll tell you about the second one but my newest secret stew ingredient is enoki mushrooms I make a pretty mushroom heavy stew I know not everyone's into mushrooms that's fine Um I tend to use in a beef stew I'll use three different kinds of mushrooms if I can I normally use portobello but Ooh, this time I just okay. happen to have yeah I'll use tiny white button ones that are like little little bobbles mm-hmm. I'll chop up a few bigger chestnut ones and then use a different one for a bit of body like a portobello adds a lovely colour because it's so dark the fibres are really dark and they tend to kind of blacken everything they get into but I had a punnet of enoki mushrooms in the fridge and I was like fuck it we'll put these lads in they're kind of long boys and uh absolutely unbelievable so i've had those three different kinds of mushrooms some parsnips some carrots some celery which is generally my enemy but i will tolerate it and tolerate it in a mirepoix um and a red onion so simmered all those boys down with a little bit of worcester sauce put them in it took them out of the i have a it's called the ss marinara it's a big it was a gift it's a big from my parents big la cruzee uh dutch oven and it's orange, mm-hmm. so it's the SS Marinara. Um, and then uh, using a very small amount of oil in the bottom of the pan, I l- uh, lamped in some um, Angus steak. I normally wouldn't, I normally just go for your kind of stew mix, but I was like, fuck it. First one of the mm-hmm. season, might as well buy as 
up the chain as I can at this point. Um, and while I was browning at the bottom of the pan dry with no oil, just to get a bit of Maillard reaction at the bottom, which is obviously where all that lovely chemical reaction deliciousness happens as Bon Appetit taught me at the beginning of the pandemic. I put some flour over it to kind of coat the meat a bit. And then mm-hmm. when I was deglazing the pan, I deglazed it with red wine and accidentally ended up making this roux from the fat in the Angus steak, the flour and the red wine. So I started off with this really thick, really thick gravy base, which when I dumped all the uh, vegetables back in and then filled it out with some um a tin of tomatoes and some chicken stock it just changed the consistency of it completely it was a really really powerful deep stew i probably used Mm. about a mug of wine to be fair like a little bit more i'm not a splash of wine bitch in this sort of situation i might as well (laughs) like you know if you're going to use it use it um and i stuck the lid on put it in the oven for two hours and then at the end for the last half an hour i took the lid off a little bit so some of the liquid would steam out and it was just brown bread bowl of stew nobody talked to me and then Alan on the second night we had it with bird's eye potato waffles which was an act of sheer laziness but also absolute genius so that's like yeah it's like two like worlds of culture food of comfort food colliding bam that's what you want you want extremely cozy extremely low effort so i'm going to resist the temptation to make that every night for the rest of the month um, mm. and i'm going to move on to a tortellini soup next which i meant to make tonight but um i'm not going to i'm gonna have something <laughs> else instead have some rice that in the rice cooker. Sounds very very good i'm telling um, you it's about that yeah. roux that dark roux because normally mm. you make a roux that's very white it's that's butter um milk and flour is your white sauce roux for a bechamel or whatever but this one was just, it was accidental, but it was for like you're scrubbing the bottom of the pan trying to get up all the lovely um, discolor, discoloration or coloration off it. But it works very, very quickly. Red wine is, as a as a deglazing agent is deluxe. Um, those are two very good cozy snacks, actually. Yeah, mm. yeah those are good. Yeah, it would uh, happily, well, for at least the next <laughs> approximately slightly under two weeks. Um, yes. That's three cosy recommendations each, huh? Uh No, I've done two. <gasps> What's your last one? My last one is a game. My game. Oh. Um, so I am going to bring Spiritfarer, which seems like it should be Halloween-y because you are someone ushering people towards their final destination on a boat of the dead. But I feel like it the whole vibe I hate I hate how good the word vibe is and how we've all become I so know it. it's such but an easy word yeah it's so easy to just fall back on for everything because it works yeah yeah there was an ad before Love Island um, so I've internalised this where there was like an ad for like Now TV where they were showing like a clip of Wonder Woman and the voiceover guy who I think might have been Stephen Byrne said strong women are the vibe <laughs> which is now <laughs> We found a catchphrase in our house, so everything is the vibe. The vibe. Um, I say it every five minutes. Yeah, the vibe of Spirit Fair is just pre-Halloween, where Mm. it's things are changing, but you're it's up and just at the point of change. Dying but not dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dead, dead but not gone. Yeah. All the leaves are in autumn. 
Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. So for anybody who hasn't picked, we talked about this, I think, on five separate episodes of um, our bonus podcast on Patreon, but we haven't talked about it here. So you are basically the new Charon, I think. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, so you have a boat and you have to build up your boat um, by doing jobs and you take on passengers and make the boat comfortable for them. You build them a little apartment and do little jobs for them on all these islands set in what's essentially purgatory i guess yeah the river sticks i guess is where you're flowing, yeah there, isn't are, it? The, the, it's like a lake sticks i guess or like some archip- ar- the, the sticks archipelago I yeah this, oh the sticks archipelago gorgeous yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's where we all um, end up eventually yeah so all these islands have their own little personalities and they all have their own jobs and their own resources and you collect the resources and you can like build a like a a wood mill on your ship and a steel mill and it's kind of a b&b like a little tiny yeah compound yeah. For the recently deceased. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And but you build your ship up and it gets bigger and bigger, so it ends up looking like one of those like dangerously leaning, uh, like Chinese shanty town kind of streets. Mm. You know, where there's like just layer and layer and layer of building that's just built up on top of each other itself for like decades. Um But each of these people are feel very real because they all it turns out they all knew you in some way in your past life. And s- some of them get very real. Yeah. I know some people, there's one particular person that a lot of people just haven't played past this character. Is the one I gave up the, on? I probably, there's, there's, there is one with dementia. Yeah, yeah, that was that one. Alzheimer's. Yeah. I did that one and I was like, well, I yeah. guess I am not coming back here because my, I, yeah. Like, I throw around crying, screaming, throwing up as much as every other millennial on the internet, but I mm. was inconsolable. I couldn't put myself mm. together after it. It is very moving but also very distressing it sort of takes a very unflinching look at how painful that can be which mm-hmm. is sort of at odds with how um i won't say cute but how sweet the the visual aesthetic is it's sort of got a, a slightly miyazaki-ish turn yeah. to the visual style mm-hmm. it's um that is definitely the hardest one um except it, it that one seems to hit everybody yeah like uniformly like it's the the first 10 minutes of up of the game yeah. i would say um the other characters there's more to enjoy with them yeah would, there's some silliness even yeah yeah like there's there's big personalities and like egos to deal with and like there's an art ga- an art gallery creator you have to build an art gallery for him and like find stuff for him which is all very fun there's a bit of interpersonal but, romantic drama with a couple of others and you know yes it's, exactly it's your final affairs being laid to rest and naturally mm. some of them are more hardcore than others yeah um but i just find that it even though the color palette isn't essentially isn't particularly autumnal um just that feeling of heading into the change and heading into the end mm. i think is quite now um because once you get into like proper winter you kind of start like going in denial about how shitty everything is yeah you start putting up all the lights and like listening to the cheerios music there in the are world. four hours of daylight <laughs> yeah. we are losing our minds over here yeah yeah whereas autumn's when you really have to like sit in it you know because yeah, there's no steep you're, you're still essentially in the year uh i saw someone tweet today that like now is the time to start getting your spotify wrapped in order and start listening to cool music again i am um... it, it does we're in the we're in the like find out part of the year oh, essentially God. like if you if you had ambitions for 2022, now was the time to like yeah. get on them. Yeah, uh, my tarot card for the year was the Hierophant, um, and and mm. I thought that was going to be one way, and it was of course as always 
the other um but getting the getting to the end of the year is very very tricky um every year no matter what way it goes um mm. but i simply refuse to change to stop listening to the same music that i've been listening to for the past 13 years my spotify wrapped is the same every single year maybe with one or two new songs at a push i am i have deeply predictable listening patterns every so often it's like you've listened to like six hours of music this year and i'm like yeah i have and what oh yeah no like my top do? five bands will be the same every year but then the actual the, the top five songs would be like here were your hyperfixations this year and you yeah. will, and then those songs will never be listened to again like they are the 2021 songs 2022 songs i just have yeah. to teach it to take on some of the weird lo-fi and vaporwave bullshit that i listen to on youtube mm-hmm. then we can talk once you start playing my final fantasy 8 fucking vaporwave remixes yeah. then we can start getting real representative but i think you're mm-hmm. right about the, the color palette of spirit fair and the way things go very dusty and very soft you know, mm. it's not really, f- it's not in the underworld, it's liminal. And I feel like people misuse that all the time, but it's literally in the in-between between two different things, which is exactly mm-hmm. where we are right now. Um, I would say go softly if you haven't played it before, uh, tap out when you need mm-hmm. to. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's a very beautiful piece of work and, and a very brave, like not, not, I don't mean brave and like, a, it's not brave. I don't mean like that. I mean that it take it's very bold in the representations that it takes. And I don't think we are likely to see that level of emotional detail and courage narrative courage or in death again because video games use death so transactionally right mm-hmm. fall in a pit you oh die. yeah platformer about grief is like a thing yeah yeah it's like a whole genre of thing but it's a game before... uh, layer of the clockwork god um which is a game where there's two characters and one of them is like a monkey island guy and the other one's a platformer an indie platformer oh. and you have to switch between them to get through levels so you have to like solve like LucasArts puzzles and then there'll be a platformy bit where the other guy has to do it like nice but combo. the the, the LucasArts guy makes fun of the platform guy all the time about like platforming about that and like yeah. and about or you're jumping because of your grief and stuff and yeah like, <laughs> if you do enough jumps you'll cure cancer and like but like that's I mean right that's thing. the hope yeah you know but death is yeah. so death is so built into the mechanic this restart reset thing and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow mm-hmm. that book I keep banging on about by Gabrielle mm-hmm. Zavin which everyone should read it also looks at the nature of infinite lives like what the fuck does that mean there's no such thing as infinite lives there's no get backs there's no coming out through the save screen and into something else and i think spirit fair does a really good job of facing head-on disappearance of people and disappearance of things mm. so but definitely not for yeah, not for no. the faint of heart including myself so much like i yeah, was yeah. i wasn't able for it you know because you put so much effort into making the ship nice for these people and then they go and they don't come back but their apartment is still there mm-hmm. the thing you built for them is still there and it's like you can't get rid of it no you know it's um yeah it's a, it's a downer way to end an episode no um, i think i think it's a, i so, think it's a wise way because we are at the we're and what you know inevitably we're gonna have a new year in like three minutes you know we're about mm-hmm. to hit into something that is full of promise thank god i am very excited about 2023 um sort of shake off the last shackles of, of lockdowns and what have you and get into brighter days. I say that given the days have only been getting darker for one day. <laughs> We've only <laughs> like I we are like we are only just past the fucking uh the equilibri- equilibrium of things and I'm already like, no, it's gonna be mm-hmm. bright again soon. It'll be fine. But uh the nice thing about time is that it moves in a circle. Yeah. And we're gonna be on the other side soon. Yeah. Also, like as we were saying before we started recording, a great time to start a big meaty box set 
and like oh, a seven seasons or something yes because you will hit into the end of it just as you get into Christmas where you have all the time to watch that last season in a row especially if it's a disappointing last season like Gilmore Girls great time to start Gilmore Girls oh yeah is, and it's also a great time a, to watch we've all... done a full episode on it so I didn't want to bring it up but that is the, the most autumnal TV show and it's also a really good Gilmore time Girls. to watch When Harry Met Sally yes and you've got mail even though that one kind of sucks um, but mm. don't uh, watch Sleep in Seattle because that's kind of a Christmas movie yes I always think Harry Met Sally is a, a New Year's Eve movie oh it's all yeah, year but I, I think a lot to... of it yeah, yeah. feels more crispy yeah, and it's, autumn-y it's the jumpers yeah yeah, um, yeah so there we go that's us we're gonna thank, do I hope, thank, I hope you enjoyed our special diversion episode yeah this is a rare this. one yeah Maybe we'll do these quarterly. Who knows? We should do the seasonal check-ins. Um, yeah. We are hoping to do some spooky business in October and we will keep you mm-hmm. posted on Spookanelia. Is that what you're calling it? <laughs> Boovenalia. Boovenalia. Boovenalia yeah. is very good. Yeah, yeah. That's Which more is, literal. Which is, thank you, Sharlene yeah, Char- yeah. Leiden and Ashley O'Brien at the Lighthouse gave us that idea. So, so good. We'll follow up on that. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to um, do spookier things as soon as mm-hmm. spookiness is appropriate. But for the next 10 days, we're in liminal, uh, mm-hmm. less spooky time. So enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. Sarah, uh, where can we find you? Uh, I'm in my house. Well, actually, my house comparatively less now. I'm trying to re-enter society. Mm-hmm. Um, on Twitter.com, I'm at Grifsky. On Instagram, I'm at Sarah Grifsky. And on the clock app on TikTok... I'm also at Sarah Grifsky and Sparing Vampires and Other Words for Smoke can be found wherever books can be bought. Al, what about you? Uh, I'm Alan underscore McGuire on Twitter and Instagram. I'm just checking what I am on TikTok. I have no idea. It's It could be just Alan. It could be something else. It's Alan McGuire, no underscore. Oh, I got the no underscore mm, on TikTok. Oh, okay, go off. Interesting. That's very fancy. Uh, Juvenalia is Juvenalia underscore pod on Twitter. It's Juvenalia pod on Instagram. It is not on TikTok. Uh, it is on Patreon where we have bonus episodes where we talk about things we started and finished recently every couple of weeks they're kind of um, like this but with more drinking and yeah kind of it's kind of rowdier less less structured yeah because yeah. it's literally whatever we, we feel like talking that we're currently doing uh, so we'll do another one of those very soon very soon um, and thank you Dean McDonald for our work thanks Dean and thank you to Cassie at Tall Tales for having us thanks Cassie and thank you everybody we'll see you soon see you soon bye